0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: it has been harder to organize than the g7 summit but finally i've got the hour lasses online to do a season review gentlemen welcome going into this season we obviously we had the summer of 2020 and um you know obviously we made a few signs we signed simakas we signed tiago and we signed Jota. Um, Steve, I'll come to you first. What What were your feelings about the business that we did in the summer? Was it enough, or you know, did you feel that it was a good summer? What What were your feelings going into the season? I th- I think uh, that um, yeah,
2: we had those three signings. Uh, I I think that Thiago and and Jota of ended up being brilliant signings clearly. Simicus, so we haven't really seen anything of him. I guess at the time, that a lot of fans were in furnace bringing up, we need to fight, sign a centre back, which we didn't. And I think that it's very, very easy to be uh, wise with the benefits of hindsight. Who would have thought that our three main centre backs would have all had season end- ending injuries? You know, you, you just couldn't have perceived that. I mean, Virgil never gets injured before he was assaulted by Pickford. You know, he just doesn't get injured, and you lose you, you lose players of, of that quality, and clearly, it's going to have an effect on I mean, him. Equally, what could have happened? We could have had season-ending injuries to three strikers. And we'd have, and then everybody would have been turning around and saying, "Oh, we should have signed more than Jota. We should have signed additional strikers." It, it's very, very easy to be to be wise with the benefit of of of, hind, of hindsight. I think it's a it's a wonderful thing. Hey, it seemed okay at the time. I didn't think we'd have the, the injuries in such key positions. And when you when you lose a player like uh, Virgil, I mean, it, it puts, his calmness permeates right through the whole team, and and we were just a different side uh, w- w- without him. So I wouldn't be too critical about about what happened with business uh, last summer.
1: Paul, we we fell into the the trap that City fell into the season before, where they went in into the season with three centre backs and thought Fernandinho could cover as a fourth centre back. Um, were you were you one of the voices that were crying out for for us to sign a centre back in the in the summer? Because we basically um, sacrificed Lovren for Simicast I mean, that's how it looked at the time. We used the Lovren money to sign a backup left back, which we all wanted. Um, you know, what did you think?
3: I didn't think there was any problem with the signings this last summer. I, again, as Steve just said, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Uh, I certainly went into last season thinking that we had cover in every position. Perhaps Lover going and not getting a fourth centre back might be something you could look back on and say, well, that come back and bit us on the arse in the end. But as you say, you don't know that's going to happen to the three centre backs in that short space of time. So if you're talking specifically about last July, August, I was quite happy with the signings, which I still am with, to be honest. Obviously, Simakash, you've not really seen him, only uh, in flashes and that. But uh, Ladino, who lives in Athens, has said he will fit into that side if needs be but at the moment you don't need him with Robbo there unless Robbo gets injured but I don't think he'd let us down if he played but to answer your question no, I didn't think there was any problem last August going into the season until uh, events transpired as they did and we lost the three centre-backs which is what basically but even then in December we're top of the league you know he got injured early on we're still top of the league going into De- at the end, of, even the end of December mm. so it was just what happened in that two-month period after the, uh, after Christmas. that killed us because yeah. even C- City was struggling Yeah. Well. at that point. Obviously, they weren't struggling that much because they won the league in the end. But they were certainly, you know, you are look at the City and they're getting beat at home. And they're getting beat away in the drawing games they drew with West Brom, I think, which we then get criticised and pilloried for a few weeks later. Uh, but they draw with them and they've got people injured. So it was a good result in the end we draw with them and it's a terrible result. It's all a, it's all a home defeat killed us. There's mm. all your points. That's what killed us and it, I don't know how that happened to be honest. I know that today's podcast is discussing last season but losing them games at home like we did and going into them thinking personally thinking that you know we might draw this but you're going into games against Brighton and Burnley thinking you're going to get beat. Mm. Personally I just thought even Everton I know we talked on here about it, saying we beat them 2-0 and all that, but as soon as Everton scored, you know, four minutes gone, they get the goal one off. You think we're not going to win this now. And that was what the mindset went like at that part of the season. Not saying the players did, or I don't know what Eddie and Steve felt at that time when we went one behind in games, but certainly if we weren't scoring goals like we weren't, we were going to struggle. Mm. But I can't pinpoint a reason why it suddenly started happening as it did. Dad,
1: uh, looking at the, the season, you know, just dragging it back to that first block of games between the start of the season and Christmas. And we were, like Paul said, we were top of the league. Do you think that there was any signs in that block of games that we perhaps weren't at our best and things we were papering over the cracks and we were getting by? And that the problems that we had later on in the season were... We're, were there for all to see and it was, it was inevitable that, that we were going to fall off.
0: I think all the signings, what I put my mind back to is I can remember quite a few years ago when uh, Gascoigne wanted to join, was mad, going mad to actually come to Liverpool and um, and we nearly, we, we were thinking about it, I mean Kenny spoke to me about it, we were thinking about it and what we did is, we, if you remember, we brought Rushy back because Rusi was a Juventus, and he wants to come back, and that's what we did. Can you imagine if we'd have got Gascoigne coming back? So you're talking about signings. Who knows? I think that if Gascoigne had come to us, um, he, great player that he, he he could be, but he was a, an absolute nutter, and you can imagine the disruption that would have happened in uh, in our in, in our at our club with Gascoigne there. So when you talk about well signings, yeah, you've got... How do you know? You can only buy on what you think, and you have to trust Jurgen yeah, Klopp, quite frankly, for signings and that. But I, I think that I don't know. We just lost. I think we lost a bit of momentum. Obviously, the um, obviously the uh, the injuries and that, and people have criticised us for for using that as an excuse. But massive injuries, and and really, we uh, we at Christmas, obviously, we looked good, but then. There were there were just things that were weren't quite right. I don't think I don't think that people obviously believed in themselves. But then they turned it round, so mm. can't really argue, can we?
1: Steve, do you agree with that? that there were things in that first three months period that that weren't quite right I mean obviously we, we you know we lose the centre backs but in terms of the way we were playing and the way we were managing games getting through games where we were we were obviously winning at that point but did, did you think that there were some cracks that, that were already appearing? Well I, I think that
2: the, the big game that really stuck out in that in that f- f- start of the season was obviously we went to Villa Park and lost 7-2 Um uh, we, we, and that was with Virgil, and I think Joe was, um, yeah, yep. alongside him, and, and we lost 7-2 with, with, Pretty well off, off full side out, I, I, I guess. Other than the the keeper, and you can't legislate for what he did in that particular game. So clearly, there the, the were one, one or two signs, but I think we were we were reasonably happy with how things were going. You know, we were we were getting um, re- results coming through, so it didn't seem to be too much of a problem. I think what we didn't take into account at the, at the time is that City were having a very very poor start to the season. Mm. And, and they got their act together in a big way after after that, and and, and clearly then you know sort of just showed a, a clean pair, pair of heels to 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 every everybody else. But I, I was reasonably content with how things were going, I guess, up until Boxing Day, mm. um, you know, and then we had that, that draw against um, against West Brom at Anfield, and um, I, I was okay with it. I was okay. I... I I don't think any of us could perceive what was then going to follow it, you know, losing six consecutive home games. I mean, it's just totally un- unheard of. And I don't know, we just seem to get into a little bit of a, a spiral, a downward spiral that went into, we we, we just ended up in a in a, t- in a total rut.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's many factors, Paul, isn't there? That when you look back at the season, um, and when we get into that January period where the the, the wheels started to come off, it, you know it's almost like an air crash investigation, and it, it, it's never one thing. It's a. If you ever watched that program, Air Crash Investigation, or Seconds to Disaster, it's I all will all watch it now when we're not going on
3: Aussie anywhere. Like, but it's, <laughs> but it's all, I'm all not the watching today. What's that mark? <laughs> What's that crack? Is that supposed to be there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it's always accumulation of things and obviously, the you know, I mean, uh, how much weight do you put on the fact that there was no fans in the stadium, for example?
3: Well, it was the same for everyone. Uh, you know, every team was suffering from the same and you're looking at the games that where there was fans briefly, the, the Tottenham one, which I was lucky to go to, uh, you win that with a last-minute goal and you could say to yourself, well, again, it's all hindsight, this, it's all you know, guesswork type of thing. But if the fans weren't there, only 2,000, but they were cheering as well. And then we get the last minute winner. Now, if the fans aren't there, that might happen. Mm-hmm. Because a bit more urgency, I think, when there's fans there. But talking about, you know, the way the season went and the fall off after Christmas, a lot of it, I put down to personally, again, which again, you could say is hindsight so you can be clever after the event. I think Andy Robbo and Trent were having to do a lot more defensive work than they were previously over the last two and a half years even. So I think that affected the team going forward more than a lot of people would have realised at the time because it's just like we're not scoring goals. So it's, you know, the midfield and everyone's blaming the front three type of thing. Who did fall away a little bit after Christmas. There's no denying that. But you were talking about the other week, Manet had COVID in October and he wasn't really the same until the last two or three games of the season. Yeah, but I, I do think a lot of it. Again, you could just say the centre half situation was to blame for everything that happened. Because up till Christmas, things are going well, and I think basically, as uh, Steve said, he fell away after Christmas. It's tiredness was setting in with the players who were doing a lot more defensive work and probably a lot more thinking than they'd been doing the previous two years. Because you knew they went bombing forward you've got Virgil there and whoever it was, him, Gomez or whatever, an experienced center so We were covering in the right places. And then I don't think the young lads were offering, due to the experience, as much as anything else. I don't think they were offering as much cover as the other two would. So I think a lot of it, it, it it's mainly down. And then, of course, if you say this and everyone goes, oh, you're just blaming injuries again. Like, you know, Stephen, Eddy Eddie said, it's all down to injuries. But it was. You know, mm. you can't lose that. And then at the end of the season... City haven't got Laporte playing and everyone on the media and everything's saying oh well they've lost him but when we were losing players early on it's all oh, you just oh, got to Maguire's
1: coach. the big one isn't it I mean the, the way the the press were covering the fact that Maguire was missing and we beat Man United well of course they had Maguire missing
3: yeah um, well this, you know that's the same you can blame you No, know, that's that's another very good example of it it's mm. uh, we were blaming Van Dijk and Gomez and uh, massive being out and then United lose one and it was, oh, well, you know, they're doing well to do what they're doing with the missing centre-back but, or centre-back. But, uh, I mean, I've, i heard England saying he's playing at some point tonight. I don't know how he can make that announcement just to slightly change the subject. Uh, Southgate said he's going to get game time tonight. So, it'll be interesting to see if the 1-0 down with 10 minutes to go, if he puts Harry Maguire on then. But uh, I'd prefer him not to be on the pitch at any stage, to be honest, because I don't want uh, to him at all. But that's my opinion on him. <laughs> Cheers for that. Dad, we coped pretty well for
1: a long time without Gomez and, um, and Van Dijk didn't we? And Matip was, I mean, I believe now Matip was playing with an injury. He got injured in the Everton game as well and carried on playing until January. But when the, I mean, what, what do you think it was about the fact that Matip then got injured and things started to collapse? Do you think that was an overall mentality in the squad or what?
0: I, I, I think, I think it's uh, something that really can't be explained it's amazing that we went on that run and the thing the thing that was missing uh on you know when the when the the bad run was on was that was actually team spirit the very thing that actually got us through mm-hmm. to finish third so where did it go mm. and you know there was no team spirit and the times when we won you know, when we lost the six on the run and that very Team spirit was there in the running, and I, I I think it's i can't really explain it glad it obviously it did happen, but how do you explain it but there's certainly something not quite right mm. um when they, when we had that bad, bad run there didn't seem to be there didn't seem to be the same spirit as the one with the runner where where we we surprised ourselves really, and the team' spirit came through more than anything else Mm-hmm. Oh, I, well, how it is! I'm, I'm not too. I'm not too sure.
1: Steve, do you think that during that that really bleak time, when um, you know, it, 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 my mind casts back to the six home defeats on the bounce, which we've said before on a podcast that that would never happen with fans in the stadium, one hundred percent. But do you think during that period, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be controversial here, but do you think Klopp made mistakes with his team selections during that period at all?
2: I think, to a certain extent, he he, he, pro- he probably did. But look, Jurgen Klopp is the best manager in the world. Um, but he's not he's not a magician. He isn't. He isn't a magician. Um, and and it's very very easy to be wise with the benefit of hindsight. Again, um, I, I guess the biggest decision that that he he probably made at the time was to weaken the midfield. To try and bolster the, the 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 back four and the centre back position in, in 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 particular, but what he was dealing with at the time, it, it, it wasn't just centre backs that that he he was losing. We, we we lost Allison. Kelleher was not fit to replace him, so that was that was a, a bit of a problem. But when you look at the other players during that running just weren't available. Trent Fab Hendo. Thiago, Jota, that, 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 they were all out. I mean, it, it, it was a question almost of, you know, if you'd have turned up with Adanfield with your boots, you may, you may well have got actually got a, ga- a ga- game there. And it seemed for a while that the, 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 the only, yeah. you know, sort of non-injuries that we had, we had were, 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 were Robo and Jeannie, who, who, who remained fully fit through that partic- particular time. I also think that that you know, I'm just building on something. I think that you Edie, what you were saying, and and indeed you, Paul, we 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 went through a stage of having unbelievable bad luck. We were conceding late goals all, all, all the time, and I think that that probably affected the team. It was almost like that mentality got to the stage where whatever we do, we, we're not going to win this game.
1: Well I think there's that quote that from I think I've got a feeling it's Andy Robertson but it's certainly one of the Liverpool players told the journalist that at the moment that was when it was it's worst. The players feel like they they're trying to run through quicksand. It doesn't matter how hard they try, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And yeah. I think what you're saying there is 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 absolutely right. Um it didn't look like we were catching a break and I know that sounds a little bit wishy-washy that you you you're hoping for good luck and you should make your own luck. But I mean, I think you you've just picked up on something there, Steve, and I'll stick with you. How how crucial do you think that Jotter injury was? Well, it
2: it what happened, Gav, is that is that
1: along with the
2: the injury problems that we we had at the back, the the the, the front three who who just scored goals for fun, really, for seasons, didn't they? All of a sudden, they started misfiring. Now it, it's difficult to put your finger on exactly what that problem problem was. Um I, I mean, Paul, you met you mentioned the COVID thing that affected Mane for probably for the rest of the season since since, since, since he got it, and the injury to Jota meant that we didn't really have that much of an option. Uh, we didn't; we had to stick pretty well with with with, with what we, we we had. So we. We we couldn't buy goals during that, that phase. I also think that to a large extent we we just had terrible bad luck.
3: Mm.
2: We really just had terrible bad luck. And I agree, you do make your own luck. Um, and it's it's interesting that when we started coming out of it, all of a sudden we started to have a bit of good luck. Yeah, it was us that were getting the late goals. Mm. Uh, we were getting the late goals to to to, to get the three points. Um, but yeah. Jota was a really good signing for us. Jota will be, a, I think will be a great player for us in, in se- seasons to come. So, so to lose him when he, when he was on a bit of a role as well, mm. he was doing really well at the time and to lose him for, was, was it three months we lost him for mm-hmm. something like that. Um, it, it's clearly, clearly going to affect when, when you,
1: your, your existing front three aren't really firing. Yeah. Paul, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up on something Steve said there. Um, and from almost from a tactical point of view, just wondered what you thought. Do you think that the, um, the lack of goals that came from the Free was a direct result of us losing our centre-backs? And what I mean by that is, were, was there something tactically that changed, which meant that the space in between the back line and the forward line became larger and that hampered
3: our forward line? Well, so, you know, it's what I was saying before. I think the two centre-backs going, if you just if say two out of three, whichever two out of three it was, going, affected everything else going forward in the rest of the team. And, you know, it's, it's the example I always put of Trenton, Robbo. I just don't think they could attack with the same freedom of mind that they could the previous 24 months or however long it was. I just think that affected everything going forward. You look at the number, I mean, that stat they come up with. I know the stats can, you know, you can go mad looking at the statistics and that, but the one about how many shots we had without scoring. Now you could say, well, the goalies are playing well, because it's like when some, someone the other day said, someone, he's done the most blocks this season in, a, in, in the whole season. I can't remember who it was now, but that just meant to me, I always can imagine my dad saying something of saying, well, that means he's let someone get a shot away. If right. he's done the most blocks, He's let them have a shot before he's got there, so right. he's out of position. He shouldn't be letting them having the shot. So everyone's saying, "Oh, he's done six hundred blocks this season." So what it means he's let people have six hundred shots. It's like saves as well. You know, the goal is he's done this, he's done that, he's done the most saves, so he's had the most shots at him then as well, like type of thing. So he's, the it's, defense in front of him aren't doing their job. Like, so, but I, think I, 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 I looked, really believe. I think I looked time. at the
1: stat poll that we, yeah. after City, we'd had the most shots in the Premier League.
3: Yeah, well, this is it, you know, and then you could, I mean but even even that, I mean, it's, it's like shots from where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much did they miss by, you know, so, I mean, you, you, let's look at it now. to so going back to an example what happened on Wednesday, that Scotland game. Basically, uh the Czech Republic scored from a Scotland shot, in effect. You know, that fella broke forward and tried the shot from 40 yards, hit the defender bounce to the attacker who then zooms it in from 50 yards type of thing, which is a fantastic goal. Mm. But that would be, he's just had a shot. He's had a, not his player had a shot and that's what the goal, so shots are again a statistic that you can look at and say, well, you've had 15 shots and not scored. I always remember John Benison at Melwood. As the forwards come in at the end, he'd be saying, how many shots did you have? And he'd say, well, two. Well, you know, that's no good, is it? You've got to have five or six and it's one of them things. It's It's having shots but it's being in the right position to have a shot as well. Because, you know, if you look at some of Salah's, he, he's, he's kicking it against defenders and then it counts as a shot. And he's never, ever going to score from it. But it, it's one of them things. It's hindsight, isn't it? Mm. What we keep saying. You look back at the season and think, them two centre-halves don't get it. I don't keep saying the two centre-halves when three got injured. But I mean, it's the two who would have played in any game out of them three it wouldn't have been this. We wouldn't have finished third. I think we'd have been pushing City. But you look at the, even the games where we're saying about the home games, where we lost the six home games on the top. We were having decent results away from home at the same time. Mm. So, literally no explanation for it. Mm. You know, we went last season, uh, say like, we were saying last season, when the season we won the league, we got a lucky one nil win at Sheffield United uh, when Alden's shot went through the goalie. That's right, yeah. Last season, the season's just finished. We beat them 2-0 and they never had a shot. And we look mild. If you put them two games together, one we win the league, one we're in the middle of a struggle and we beat them Mm -hmm. much easier this season, we're struggling. So none of it, none of it makes sense. I don't even know why we're having this podcast because none of it makes sense. (laughs) No, totally.
1: (laughs) If you're enjoying this video so far, please show your support for the Ken7 channel by subscribing, clicking the like button and also clicking the notifications button as well to get future broadcasts. If you could also share the video on your Twitter and Facebook account, that will show YouTube's algorithm that you like our content. Have you heard about Ken7 merchandise? The link is in the description of this video. We have premium fanware for fans covering Liverpool, Celtic and Scotland. And it's fanware for young and old. So we have t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, caps, mugs, you name it, we've got it. Just something else to remember. Every purchase that is made on our website, we donate to the Marina Dalglish appeal. So you're helping a great cause as well. <laughs> Dad, do you, um, I mean, we, often, we turned it round and I, I think one of the big reasons was that Jurgen Klopp found a Premier League class centre-back in Nat Phillips, which he prior to that one of the you know we di- he didn't know he was actually at that level I'm guessing because he he was keeping him back he wasn't playing him in fact he played Reese williams ahead of him in um, in those early periods when he was experimenting with with a back line i mean what what's your uh, opinion of of nat Phillips's contribution
0: I think it was I think it was massive, but I remember talking to Steve and I said that um when we were going through that patch, the bad patch, I said, "These goalkeepers, where are they coming from? The <laughs> saying, everything." I think I said it to you as well, that and um, it, it seemed to me that that was what was happening. But Matt Phillips, for me, I, we need to keep him. I think he's, he's, you know, he's he's twenty four. He's, he's um, I, I think he's he's uh, he's got something about him, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping that we can actually find a find a place for him. As well as Harvey Elliott as well because these are these are these are kid kids who are going to come through, you know.
1: Mm. I mean, Steve, you know, I'll just come to you on that. Phillips, what was your thoughts about his contribution to the season, and um, you know, where do you do you, do you see him having a future at Liverpool? Well. I I think that, you know, when we did start to turn it around, the
2: the, the development of of Nat Phillips, and to a lesser extent, Rhys Williams, because he he did a job for us, that was absolutely crucial in us being able to to turn it around. And the the fact that we we took 26 points out of 30, which I'll be honest, I didn't see coming. Um, And because what happened was that, There was little at that point to suggest that we were going to come out of that bleak midwinter. You know, when we were going into the last 10 games, there was little to suggest, I think. And I remember having the discussion with you because you firmly believed that we probably could.
1: No, I was just about to say that. I said out of the top five, six teams, we were the only team who could do that run. But like you've just said, there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever to it suggest that that was possible at that time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, specific specifically on that, I, 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 th-
2: I think that he developed. I think it was crucial that that Jurgen did change his mind, and that he he, he seemed to think to himself, "I'm going to have to stick with recognised centre backs here because." taking Fabinho or Henderson, who, got, who obviously got injured, uh, out of the midfield, is weakening our midfield so much and having such an effect on the rest of the side, it's not allowing Thiago to play the game that he's been bought, bought to play for us. So, I mean, c- c- really, Nat Phillips deserved a lot of plaudits for for getting us into the Champions League in third place. Absolutely no doubt about that. And, and like, like, like Ed, I hope that there's a place for Nat Phillips in the in the future with Liverpool Football Club. I honestly don't think that he will be a first choice centre back, um, and and that's no aspersion on on him. But if we if we've got fully fit centre backs, I think Nat's probably going to struggle to be a starter every single week. But there's a place for for for, for him in the side, you know, or in the club.
1: Mm. i um paul i i I would like you strike me as a man who loves a a bit of a hard center back to be honest with you paul um yeah (laughs) the less said about that the better i didn't mean it in those terms obviously but um (laughs) i did i did a podcast with with James Pierce through the day and we had this chat about Nat Phillips and he was very much like I am in the, we need five centre-backs minimum to go into next season because we don't know what the three lads are going to be like coming back at all and we need to cover our backs. There's been a lot of negative stuff on Twitter come back about that saying, you you know, how can you be so selfish? You're talking about a a, a young lad's career here. You know, he deserves to be able to go away. Where where do you stand on
3: that? I, personally, when Steve was talking there, I, I wouldn't mind the first hope, well, Norwich away. If if the centre-backs at the Norwich away game next season are Virgil van Dijk and Nat Phillips, that wouldn't cause me any stress at all. I think Nat Phillips... no one
1: getting ahead on anything, would they?
3: Well, uh, this is it. You see, Virgil could concentrate on what he does best, which is reading the game making sure people are in position. I'm not suggesting the professional footballers don't know where to stand if he's not there, but certainly guiding people through games. I'd love to see Nat Phillips play a few games alongside Virgil van Dyke. Yeah, interesting. Just to see, because I think he'd improve. And to be fair, he's done brilliantly for us at the end of last season, or the second half of last season, if you like. Because I think he was struggling a bit when he's alongside not recognised centre-halves, because I always thought he was better alongside Reese Williams. Than he was again with Fabinho. I just and,
1: think. And, and, Kaz- Kabak, oh, yeah. and Kabak. as well. He was, he was good. Oh, at- he
3: was. Kabak I, I, well, I mean, he? he's, he's not signing, is he, Kabak? Yeah. I think we've. Uh, but, you know, you, you wouldn't say. If someone said today he changed their mind and signed Kabak, he wouldn't go away if he done that. Like, personally, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. He could do a job as well. And again, Kabak alongside Virgil Van Dijk. I know Virgil's the, the main man here, but he, he is the main man in the team for me organising-wise, I'm not Mm. saying he's the one we'd missed the most, but certainly last season. And again, you know, doing the old time machine thing, if you go back to Virgil not being injured, you don't know where we'd finish. You know, you don't know what would have happened. He could have had the nightmare season and we finished sixth. So you you really don't know. I think Mm. finishing third under the circumstances was a good result. I think we talked about it last time. You can't be happy about finishing third when you'd won the league the year before. But once you get into that position we were in late January, mid-February, You think if someone says then you're going to finish third, you know, you're like, oh, Craig, that'll do. And that's what we did in the end. Mm. The game, we, as you said, Steve said, luck, we, luck started going our way a little bit in games. You know, we were getting decisions. I mean, you look back at some of the decisions we had against us last season, and again, I know it's not a time to bring up old stuff. We were doing a season review, so you're not going to bring it up now. You never can. The ridiculous penalty Brighton got given in the last minute. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you, you look at it again, it's happened in three or four games I've seen in the last two, three weeks on the telly. And um, The same thing happens. Everyone just oh, great play on. So I'd love to know who <laughs> says to the ref, we're looking at that. Because it can't be the ref all the time. Because you're watching the Euros here, the, the VAR seems to be working how it should work. When someone says, hang on, he's offside, I know he isn't, play on. Okay, thanks. They're not, we haven't got teams of people with rulers and marker pens and fluorescent pens doing lines up and down the pitch and people's armpits and the wrong boots and the, the classic. Again, it's not even us. The West Brom one, when he did the line from the player who never scored and disallowed the goal, they did the line from the wrong player and said, he's offside. Well, he never scored. Well, it's too late now. It's been disallowed. I think you I,
1: know, I think we we could probably do a VAR pod over the next month or so at some stage because no. to, to get your your views on it would be actually quite interesting. It wouldn't. Um, it, wouldn't it, <laughs> must be, it
3: must be a stream of abuse directed at. <laughs> so far. I mean,
1: uh, yeah. That's, we, awesome. that's I think does. I think we'll do that at some stage we'll have a VAR, we'll have a var podcast and discuss it because I think getting your all your collective years of experience views on it would be quite interesting I'd like but, to see me dad with VAR. oh jesus christ I've how long
3: that monitor stayed at the side <laughs> of the pen it's fell over again. VAR's been stopped at Liverpool. There's been another mysterious incident where they fell over again. I don't know where Ronnie Moran is, but it's fell over
1: again. <laughs> Dad, um, we, I mean, we've talked through Nat Phillips and obviously his, his performances towards the end of the season were was, was stellar, but was there anyone else who came out with great credit in that season for you? You know, a particular player who you thought was was, was
0: potentially, you know, our player of the season? Um, I, th- I thought the Kabak actually... Did well, but he he um, he seems now because it, is it eighteen million they want for? Yeah, he's not? He,
1: we're not signing him.
0: I don't think a good sign uh, sign him. But what what I liked about it is the is the latter end of the scene is the is the actual team spirit that came out. The team spirit was was magnificent, and that got us through. That got us through quite a few the the games, the run up. I mean, we kept looking at games. Oh, can we win this one? Oh, I don't know whether we can, put the team spirit and they all played for each other. It was collective, and that was magnificent. Um, so everyone really played played the part. I mean, obviously, uh, the people who played in the, the positions who uh, you know, because people were injured, were would, would played well. But then the rest of the team rose to the occasion as well. Um, and, you know, even even the strikers, and uh, that that got us through to the end, really.
1: Of course, so I mean, Steve, just to sort of wrap this up, we obviously we go into a season we're on a bit of a bounce, if you 're honest with you. I mean, we could have been going into next season, dreading it the way it was looking, but now we're, we finished third, we all feel uh, energized i'm sure um, How are you feeling about the new season, and you know where would you? We've already signed Canate, obviously, which I think we mentioned on a previous podcast. What, what do you think that we need? And, you know, are you quite positive for the next season?
2: Yeah, I mean, the first thing to say about, about last season, moving, moving into it, I'm ashamed to say this, but finishing third actually felt like winning a trophy to me mm-hmm. from, from where we were coming. It, re- it really did. I wish for the season, please, please let us not have the injury crisis that we've had, we've had we've had this year, because uh, you, you know, unlike some some teams, City in particular, we, we just don't have the squad depth to, to 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 cope with it and probably put a realistic challenge in for the title. If we have lots and lots of of, of injuries, I think that Virgil coming back. I mean, and we've all got crossing everything we've got with Virgil. We're just hoping that he comes back something like um, he, he 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 is his, to to his full his full ability. Um, I, I believe that that he may not make the start of the season. This is only rumor and conjecture. I, I've heard that Joe Gomez is probably more advanced in his
1: rehab than 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 any 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 of the other. Uh, which which surprises me, Steve, because it was all about Virgil playing in the Euros and that was a possible that was a possibility so this new information we've now got that gomez is further along and, and virgil's not quite as advanced that that surprises me does it surprise it, you it's also worrying uh, yeah. quite honestly i mean hey let, let let's
2: let's not underestimate the extent of that injury that that he's had i mean he's pretty well destroyed his knee right um, you, you know, he 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 has. I mean, I'm not a medic, I can't. I'm not a physio, but you know, people who know things about this say, "Look, he is he, the four compartments of the knee, and he's he's really knackered three of them." Oh, well, you've so,
1: had some experience. You've had a knee replacement, <laughs> yeah. So has your dad as well, actually.
2: Yeah. But uh, I don't think I'm not required to play at the level that Virgil van Dijk's required to 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 to, to play at. So. Hey if Virgil comes back anything like i 'm very very optimistic for for, for for the for the season i i, I re- really really am um I guess that there's questions to be asked uh, I mean who's going to replace Genie? you know uh, that that is important because Genie did get a bit of stick at times but but hey he was virtually the the ever present in there what's going to happen with that um we could probably do with another striker, I would guess, but my my hope is that that other striker is going to be Harvey Elliott, right. actually coming back after a fantastic loan spell at Blackburn, where 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 he he virtually set the championship uh, a, a, a light a light on that. Um, I think that that the, the the future for for Divock. Is yeah, I don't think there is really a future for him at, at, at Anfield. I think he's been great. He's given us some some great moments. So hey, I'm really looking forward to the season now. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to Anfield, like like all of us are. Hopefully, there'll be full crowds from the uh, first game, the second third week in 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 August, third week in August for our first home game. So yeah, I, I'm optimistic for the season. It'd be interesting to see who, who actually comes in. As I say, we could possibly do with another striker. We need to decide how we're going to replace Genie as uh, uh, as well. But I think that if 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 we have a bit of luck with our guys coming back from injury in the centre-back position, I think we've got quite a bit to be optimistic about.
1: Where do you stand on that, uh, Paul? Are you, um, do you think we need to replace Genie? And do you think we need a backup striker? Or are you... Like Steve said, happy to give Harvey Elliott a go.
3: No, I'm happy with not happy with Genie going. That's not the way to phrase it. But I think if someone said there now, first game talking about the first game of next season again, the midfield three of Fabinho, Henderson, and Thiago. No one had. I don't think personally is said why is Ronaldo not playing. I know he could play further wide or whatever. There's people who can do that anyway. But if you've got the front three as normal, and then them three in midfield and the back four of Robertson, Trent, and whoever the two centre halves are, there's your starting eleven. And Alden's not in that starting eleven. Not needed in that starting eleven is what I'm getting at. You're not saying when you've got the two in midfield, you need Alden as one of the three. Because I don't I don't think you do. If you've got them other three fits and playing, mm. uh, Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago. I don't think you need him then. And again, one of the other things is I think he... Whether the argument is, has anyone ever said does he, is, does he want to leave, or have we not offered him the right contract? why is he actually left everyone 's saying the sorry he 's gone? Is it his decision to go, or is the club not giving him a new contract or is he not happy with the new contract it 's not really come out what the situation is with why he 's leaving.
1: I think reading between the lines he um, he was he 's never had a, a a pay rise since he signed. So he's been there what five years? He was one of in in Klopp's first signing. So he was on the money that he got given when he signed, which was about fifty grand a week. Everyone else has, well hey.
3: That's his agent's fault then,
1: isn't it? it, it, Everyone else has had pay rises around him and he's been one of the mainstays in the team. And I I mean, this this is, like I say, I don't know any information, but reading between the lines, I think from bits of information I've picked up. So he hasn't been given the pay rise. And I think when he's gone into the negotiation, his agent has said, look, you, we deserve the back pay from, we should have had a pay rise two years ago. We deserve that that back pay as well as a pay rise. And I think perhaps that was a stumbling block that they couldn't get over. That's just my reading of the situation.
3: If I'm honest, well, because um, you wouldn't a five year contract when he signed. Yeah, at some point he's signed another contract, presumably for the same money. So no, because
1: that. his, his contract is he signed five years ago, so he hasn't had another. He hasn't had a bumper. up.
3: If, they, if we sign him on a five year contract. <laughs> yeah. contract. No. yeah, that's unusual, isn't it? Like when you, it's usually three years at the most, isn't it? I'm not really heard of. Five year contracts in the recent past,
1: yeah.
3: Seems an incredibly long time to sign
1: someone. Well, he right, yeah. was at the right age, though, wasn't he, at that point? And maybe, maybe you know, five years ago, that was what we were doing. We were giving five yeah. year contracts. You've got to protect yourself as well. I mean, if you give a three year contract, Paul, then it leaves you open to Bosnum, so it has to be a five year contract, doesn't it? Really, well, so it, I, I'd be interested to you know
3: can... what, they're, what they're all on now. I yeah. would be See what all the players if are on you, know what
1: the contracts are. If you Google it, it's you can actually if you Google what Liverpool's wages are, it's actually all there. Um because I was when? interested to wonder what Nat Phillips was on, if you think about it. Yeah. Because Nat Phillips, I don't think, has had a bump up certainly since he's 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 been he's been brought into the team. So you know you wonder what's what's going on there and are they going to offer him something more or, or whatever. But um Dad what do you think about next season? What are your thoughts? How are you feeling about
0: going into the new season? I, I for me, I think it's obviously we need to get people back, but also if we come back with the attitude that we finished with, um, and the team spirit that we finished with, wherever that came from, then it's. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to seeing. Um, Harvey Elliott coming you know, in. A big I think Harvey Elliott fan, aren't you? I think he's, I think he's just got the right attitude and, um, he's, he's got the, you know, he's got the right mentality, I think, for Liverpool Football Club as well. I mean, he's a fan, his dad is, and, uh, and it's just all there and you, you just love it to be there. And that attitude could be infectious as well in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing, to seeing him come, come, you know, come back from loan. He's had a great loan, loan, loan season. So, I mean, it's just—it's just all made for it. And he said, "Listen, he's only young, but he's good enough. So it doesn't really matter about his age, does it?"
1: Mm, lovely stuff. Well, listen, boys. Thanks very much for your time. I know it's very precious, especially you, Paul, with you watching five li- live games in a day or whatever it is. <laughs>
3: We're getting furniture delivered and a new carpet today.
1: <laughs> I know you've got that, but the other day, what was it the other day when I asked you to do it and you went, oh, I'm going to watch Vauxhall Motors versus the Arkles Car Park, you know what I mean? No,
3: no, they're all proper games. Well, hopefully today, if we've finished all this by half-12, uh, Everton are playing Samir Rovers at Vauxhall's at half-1 today. So Everton kids? Everton College. It's Everton College. It's like the, it's not it's not the academy, it's the development. It's like Robbie Fowler's academy, right. players Well. In this Ooh. national youth league, so Everton College is based at Vauxhall Motors and they're playing Samir Rovers' development squad today. So, the, the, the good games, the good players and good games, they're not just like you know, it's not oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disparaging park. our standard at all. At all. <laughs> one of the few teams I've not seen this season.
1: So, <laughs> <No. laughs> right, Well, brilliant. Listen, boys, thank you very much. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit subscribe and um. Hit the like button as well, but thanks very much, and uh, we'll we'll get the owl asses back in uh, in a month's time, and we'll have another chat. Thanks very much, boys. Take it easy. Well,
3: okay. that's okay. that.
1: Sports
0: Social Podcast Network.